I'm sick of like be, being discriminated against because of my name. It's like, <laughs> well, I know I've got a cool least, name, but why yeah. should I have to pay 60 bucks for just a, a domain? Change your name. <laughs> so did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. I think mine was like, for, for what it's worth, Star, my name was like $180. So do y'all think the dev domains are going to be like pogs? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, like beanie like, babies. Like, like garbage pail kids. Oh no. Garbage pail kids are a classic. Yeah. I just mean like when we started uh, honey badger, we did an IO domain and back then those were pretty hip. And so right. in, in 10 years, your dev domain is going to be kind of right now people are like, Oh, an IO domain. Well, are dev <laughs> domains going to be like that in 10 years? I don't know. Uh, yeah. maybe the app domains, you know, the dot app. Dot app. Cool. I, I, I kind of think dev is, um, well, I mean, it's going to be used for a lot of things, but I think one thing that it'll be popular for is like GitHub projects and that sort of thing. Like I said, like faker.dev would be cool to like forward to your faker project. Would be cool. I'm just not going to pay 115 bucks for it. Right. Yeah. And no. who bought honeybadger.dev? I am like dying to know this because I thought it was one of you guys because I, I was going to do it and I forgot. I think someone's messing with us. We'll find out someday. So I thought like this week we could talk about just productivity. You know, some people are really surprised when they hear that we're, a, I was going to say we're a three-person company. We just hired another developer. Um, we hired yeah. a marketing person a, a few months back. Yeah. But we're still a very small company. So people are interested sort of like, how do we do it? I mean, we must be super productive. Um, <laughs> I must, I, yeah, we must all be super productive, uh, including me, despite the evidence. Uh, <laughs> despite well, you know, the, the soul crushing evidence so what what's our secret i think the secret to our success is that i wake up naturally at 4 a.m every morning that's it yeah uh -huh. <laughs> yes i do too but i fight it i fight it ben so hard <laughs> i don't think we have a secret to success we're just you know just regular folk doing some regular stuff i do i do have to say like i've been i've been a, a lot less productive i felt since uh having kids especially the second kid but um yeah well my secret uh reason for choosing this topic actually was that this week and and the previous week i've been incredibly unproductive and so i'm really just trying to get my my groove back on I'm just really looking for tips find, i'm looking for tips guys yeah <laughs> i had the same thought actually when you when you suggested <laughs> i was thinking about it last night and and i was like i'm actually looking forward to like talking about this because maybe i'll uh yeah i'll refresh <laughs> Get a refresher on it yeah so the past couple of weeks have been kind of rough for me too the the snow really kind of threw me off like you know school was shut down for like i don't know two weeks or whatever it was and i couldn't get to my office because the the driveway was buried in snow and that's on a hill and so i was at home you know at home which is not usual for me and with kids at home which is yeah. not usual for me and, and so i was like ended up playing a lot of splatoon and stuff so i had to like like get back on the focus train and, and like actually work on it and so one thing that that i did was the 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 tomato technique uh you know the 25 minute thing pomodoro mm -hmm. yeah pomodoro yeah so i'm like because i you know i would sit down and i was I'm like hey i got some work done and i would open up the laptop and be like ah, i don't feel like doing anything like I was, there's like five thousand things i could do and i don't feel like doing any of them and so what it came down to i was like all right you know what i can't wait to feel like it i just gotta do it and so i said boom set the timer for 25 minutes i'm gonna work on something and then I can be done and give myself a break, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And then of course the 25 minutes goes and I'm like heads down, I'm like, you know, focused. And so there's no way I'm taking a break right now. So I keep working <laughs> for a couple hours, right? But um, 
So that helped me like get over the hurdle of I yeah. really don't like doing a thing. Nice. I tried doing I tried doing the Pomodoro technique um for a while like a long time ago and I liked it. Yeah. I maybe I'll give it a try again sometime here. I like it too. Um it only works for me for certain things. Like Pomodoro is really nice for me for things that uh, where I've got like a list of things that I'm got to sort of cycle through really quickly and and sort of churn through. It's not so great for things that are more uh more sort of loosey-goosey, kind of like writing and stuff. I don't really like having a timer going when I'm writing because I just feel so sort of constrained by it. And like, I've got this deadline looming over me and it's like, be creative, come up yeah. with something interesting right. in under the gun. 10 how do you, how do you guys uh, typically like start your days? Do you um, like, like, do you like what, how do you think about like what you're going to, going to do first or what you're going to do during the day? I've recently, uh, after we came back from Christmas break, I changed up my routine and I've really liked it. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about that. Previously, I just kind of started the day without like a plan or anything. You know, I come into work, check my mail, check Slack, figure out what my main task was, just start going heads down on it and not really think about it much. And that's fine when it works. But, you know, a lot of the times it left me feeling like I was, while I was making progress on my main task, I was kind of losing sight of the big picture or maybe other tasks that are important but uh, aren't really as, as you know major. So what I started doing um, when we came back from break is that I started uh, saying, well, I've got a three-hour window of intense work time. I've got three hours. And I'm going to book in that with an hour on each end of sort of less t- intense, more open-ended work time. And so what I've ended up doing is in the morning, I come in, I get my coffee, I open up Slack and everything. I say hi to everybody. And I have a, a, nice. a journal now. Oh, fancy. Like leather. Yeah. It's, it's a very nice it's not leather. orange it's, journal. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I've started uh, work journaling. I actually read about work journaling on uh, Hacker News, some, some article. Somebody oh, cool. had mentioned in the comments that they find it really useful. And I kind of like journaling anyway. Like I like <laughs> getting my fountain pen and writing in cursive. It's just something very relaxing and, and fancy about it. It makes me happy. And usually every day I follow more or less the same format. It's really simple. I just kind of think, okay, well, what's important to me today? Like what's on my mind? What's coming up in the next couple of days? I write a small paragraph about it um, just to kind of clear away the cobwebs, get mentally unstuck. And then then from that, I'll generally make a to-do list. And that will be my plan for the day. After that, I sort of slide into my sort of three hours intense work and then have an hour for mm-hmm. you know email and random stuff like that so <laughs> i really like the system lately i've been a little bit lax about it just because things have gotten thrown for a loop with our snow days with uh some very sort of personal stuff yeah. that's come up that you can read all about on twitter but i i really i really like the system i want to get back to nice. it um doing it more uh consistently i don't have a daily plan per se uh i have a daily schedule like you know I, like i said i get up at four I uh, do some meditation for a little bit. I, I read uh, like maybe some RSS feeds or a book mm-hmm. uh, just to warm up the brain, you know? Uh, and then I just dive into whatever uh, I had going on the day before. I, I believe in this concept of starting on a downhill slope. Like I try mm-hmm. to leave my, my previous day's work at a, you know, a, a finish point, but also a point where it's easy to pick up again. Like, Oh yeah, I'm just keep going on that task. Right. Mm, yeah. And then I, I like that. That's a really, yeah. that's a really but, useful concept. So I, I do that I too really sometimes. I plan day by day. It's just kind of rolling from one day to the next with that, with that um, starting on the slope. 
But what I do to set that up is on Sunday nights, I actually spend time thinking about my week coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I make a plan. Like, so I think about like, what are my areas of responsibility? So I have family things I need to get done. I have personal things I want to get done, like maybe clean up the yard or something. Uh, yeah. I have, um, you know, church things I want to get done and then work things I want to get done. So I look at those areas and I think about the upcoming week, like what are some tasks that need to get done and maybe some overall goals that I want to move forward on during that week. Right. So I make that list. And then out of that falls the things I do every day. Like, oh, today I feel like cleaning the yard. So I'm going to go do that and mark that off my yeah. list. That came from a book um, of the the different um, like the different like area work like areas of responsibility in your life like like work church um, family I forget did, do you do you recall anything about that I, it might have been Seven wow. Habits um, of yeah. highly effective people Yeah I love that book so probably Yeah <laughs> I think it might have been uh, Covey um, but yeah I like I like that too I forgot about that um, you reminded me of it so um, I do something kind of similar. Uh, to the like pre like thinking about, I like to think about stuff the night before, especially because um, a lot of times if I've got like work running through my head and I don't get it out, I can't sleep or, you know, it causes extra stress. So I actually like to just, um, I keep like a stack of index cards by my bed. And if I can't think of, if I'm like, you know, if I can't stop thinking about work or something, um, I'll just usually like make a little, like a very short to-do list, um, like, uh, like three to five items usually for like the, you know, big things I want to do the next day. And then that's usually enough to kind of get it moved to tomorrow and I can relax again. That happens to me too. So that's, that's a good, uh, I like that idea. Yeah. I need to remember to, uh, I, I should start doing the Sunday night planning though. Again, I, I used to do that kind of a little bit like you were describing and I, I really liked it. So my wife calls that, uh, the, the vague sense of anxiety before Monday that you get on Sunday night, she calls that the Sunday scaries. I don't know if she made that up or if the Sunday scaries. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because like, I still get those, even though I literally, I don't think I can legally be fired guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still, yeah. get, I still get the Sunday scaries and I don't know, maybe uh, writing stuff down would sort of help help with that. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys ever feel like, like guilty if you're, if you're like not, being, if you feel like you're not being productive enough or you're not getting enough done or you just don't feel like working. I know Ben is like always working, so he probably isn't affected or afflicted by this, <laughs> but I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, that's like half my life. <laughs> okay. Like you guys Good. have no idea how much you have no idea how much uh, mental anguish I've like put myself through being like, am I, am I doing enough? Am I, you know, We've yeah. like, yeah. we've like engineered this life of like, of like luxury and leisure that is so, you know, supposedly, but you can't really take the workaholic out of the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, yeah, you I mean, can't take the work out of the workaholic. Yeah. It, it helps that I like to work. Right. But, uh, but still there are times when like, you know, my daily schedule, I'm typically in the office from nine to two. I like to take off early and go do other stuff. But even then it's taken me years of, of honey badger to get to a point where i'm comfortable just being done for the day like, yeah you know, yeah yeah it's it's nice though I, I like the direction we're going um yeah being able yeah not feeling bad about like not killing yourself it's silly to say this but it came to me a couple of years ago as kind of an epiphany that i am not morally obligated to make the absolute most money possible in my lifetime like that's not a moral not? requirement. No, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I have to, you know, support my family. I've got to, uh-huh. 
you know, try and be a good member of the community and everything. But if I don't want to like kill myself to make millions and millions of dollars, like that's fine. Like who cares? I don't know, man. If I'm not Zuckerberg, I'm not happy personally. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to answer this question. If you were Zuckerberg, would you be happy? Cause that's, Oh, that's, that's existential. That's sick burns. (laughs) That's that's sick burns coming from me. (laughs) I was going to tell you about um, one other cool, uh, like morning routine type thing that I picked up. Um, semi, like, I think it was like last year sometime. Um, and actually I think, um, it was, this was like a thing uh, that Ben Orenstein, um, who's currently building tuple. I think I, he like blogged about it and like a while back and then posted about it on Twitter and that's where I saw it. Um, but it's, he basically like keeps a, um, a bash. I think it's like a bash alias called start on his, uh, on his work laptop. What it does is you like just type start into your console or whatever. And it brings up a new Vim window that has like basically a little like agenda, like checklist for the day that helps you kind of like um, do the, you know, like routine things that help you kind of get started. Every morning, it's kind of a pain in the neck to have to uh, bring up all my programs, put them in the right windows. I use a tiling window manager. So everything's got to be like, you know, in the right spot or else I won't ever be able to find it. You just have to commit your uh, your layouts to to source control. Oh God! See, I really enjoy uh, a lot of the the tools that people have for interacting with you know their their computers as like power users and stuff, right? I've got the tiling window manager. You know, I use Linux and all that stuff. But really, I kind of get it to the point where it's good enough, and I never mm-hmm. quite am able to to make myself spend the time to get it to the point where it's just truly amazing and excellent. You're on, you're on awesome. Right. So I switch, I, you, as you know, I was on like the, the hardest of the hard mode, um, window managers, X monad, um, for a long time. But recently I've, I've started kind of like walking myself back from the edge of, uh, of that. Um, and I switched to I three recently. I I really like it. It's, kind of the, it's like the exact opposite as far as like configuration management of, you know, of the window, like of the window manager. It's, it's basically just a flat single file. That's like, um, kind of declarative. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like YAML or something. So it's just like options versus like with Xmonad, you're building, you're actually kind of like building your desktop with Haskell, which <laughs> is a, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing about so, Xmonad I found is that, you're building in Haskell and all of the snippets that you find are all in like 20 different styles of Haskell. Uh And if you don't know Haskell, who knows which one of those is right? I'm not convinced anyone knows Haskell. So Josh, uh, a few months ago, you mentioned to me the, uh, the, there's a book called the, it's called Weinberg on writing. And in this book, he describes his method of writing and it's called the Fieldstone method. And if uh, the listeners don't know Weinberg, I forget his first name. So I think it's Jerry Weinberg. He's this sort of legendary uh, computer author, consultant guy back from a long time ago, from the, the 80s, I think, were his heyday. Mm-hmm. So he was flying all over the country doing really expensive consulting gigs for all these big companies on their mainframes. And he wrote a lot of different books. And he also wrote this book called Weinberg on Writing, um, where he, he describes how he writes and how did you learn about that, Josh? 
Um, I, I think it, it had been on my, re- on my list for a while. Like I'd heard a bunch, like I've heard various people talk about it over the years and just never really, uh, got into it. But I think most recently my friend Joel had mentioned it to me because I've been trying to do more writing, um, for our, uh, honey badger marketing material. And specifically like we, I've been doing it, writing an email newsletter, um, for developers. And so I was, I've been kind of trying to come up with ways to, uh, to write for that, come up with topics and, and kind of like organize my thinking. So have you been doing it? Have you been using that, uh, that particular method? I have, um, I don't know if I've been doing it as, uh, as efficiently or effectively as he, as he would. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been kind of like, I've been trying anyway. Um, it has been, uh, it's, it's really helped me, uh, write the last couple articles, I think, because, um, with the method, the fieldstone method is basically the, it's, it uses the metaphor of a fieldstone wall. So if you're building a fieldstone wall, um, it's made up of all these individual, like very unique stones that people typically collect from fields. Um, and so you can't go and just, you can't build a fieldstone wall by like just stacking bricks one on top of the other. Uh, so the idea is that you, uh, over time you want to collect these things and, um, and eventually you'll have a wall, but until then you're kind of like in collection mode. Yeah, so um, you're always you're always kind of keeping an eye out for interesting things in the world. You're always writing little paragraphs about things and just kind right. of stuffing them away in some sort of uh, system. Yeah, and so I've been like I've been doing a lot of reading over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, I've always been I've always loved reading, but I've been trying to like read a lot more than I even used to, and uh, it's really it's worked out really well. If I'm reading, especially like a, like a tech you know, like a technical book or a book on programming or something. Um, there's like, or even like, uh, recently read a couple books on uh, DevOps that were really good. Um, you know, you can kind of like extract ideas as you're reading and just like throw them into, um, wherever you keep your notes or whatever. Um, and then you can come back to that stuff later. And, and, um, oftentimes like you'll have a good writing prompt for, um, you know, maybe something related to the, to a topic that you're writing about. Well, I've, I've been doing it too, right? I've got, uh, so at Honey Badger, we use Notion for uh, sort of internal documents and wikis and, and, and I set up my own personal Notion account that's just all about these uh, field stones, right? These different little snippets that you collect here and there that, and I made it my own personal account because, you know, some of it doesn't really have much to do with the business. Um, I don't want you guys to be able to steal that from me. And right. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'll be reading a, a technical book. Um, like recently, I've been reading uh, Building Data Intensive Applications. And it's pretty cool because you see something that's like, oh, that would be a great blog post. So you just pop open the app and take a picture of the page or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Now you've got your, um, now you've got something to write or something to talk about in a blog post, or maybe it's an idea for a blog post. Personally, I've found that collecting these little notes and snippets of writing like it's useful for constructing the actual um blog posts but it's even more useful for coming up with ideas because my main problem in writing has always been not necessarily doing the writing but coming up with ideas for things to write about that i Mm -hmm. can do without you know having to spend five days researching it because if you're like if you're writing like a uh like a full blog post or article or something, um, or even a book, like you need, it's made up of a bunch of different concepts that kind of come together to illustrate whatever point you're trying to make. Um, at least that's how, what I found. And so like coming up with those individual, like what are the best tools that you're using basically to like get the idea across 
it helps if you have like, if you can quote something interesting from a book or something versus just like coming up with something on the fly. One thing that I struggled with for a long time was that I kept thinking, well, I just don't have ideas, right? It turns out that's false. I have plenty of ideas. Like I'm constantly doing stuff. I'm constantly uh, doing work for Honey Badger and thinking, oh, this this is interesting. This new thing I learned is interesting. Or, oh, I learned some lesson from this uh, this mistake I made or whatever. And that stuff is constantly happening to all of us. The The only thing is that, well, normally that might happen to you. You might think, well, I need to write a blog post about it, but that's a big thing. I'll, I'll deal with that later. And then you just forget it because you're constantly being bombarded with all these little sort of interesting things that are happening. Mm -hmm. But if you say, well, I'll just write two sentences about it or, or a paragraph and throw that into my, um, my, my notion setup and not worry about it. And then, so later on, I can go back and access that and be like, oh yeah, that was really a good idea for a blog post or, or whatever. Yeah. I think my favorite, my favorite takeaway from that book, um, I mean, the method is great. Um, but the, like the way it changes, the way it changed my thinking about writing is that it kind of demystified the idea of like writing as a, uh, you know, like, as like, you have to write this finalized, like, you know, piece, like you're an artist creating some sort of work that, you know, has to be, it's like a super creative process that, you know, that inspiration has to strike basically. And then you write, um, and a lot of times that's where like writer's block will set in and then people think like, well, I've got writer's block. I just can't write. Um, with the Fieldstone method, it's much more about doing the work and, and even like just making writing something where you don't necessarily have to write like, a, you know, a complete, you don't have to write a novel in order to write. You could just write a little, you know, a couple paragraphs, like you said, on something like a little interesting idea that you got from a book you were reading. Um, and even that in itself might just be a, fun exercise or maybe that'll go into one of you know an article or something that you're writing um that will actually get published somewhere yeah and i think the key takeaway is that while yes writing is a creative activity it's very difficult to sit down and be creative on demand but yeah. you know if you are just living your life doing interesting things you have these little moments of creativity and if you can capture those when they happen well then you're ahead of the game yeah totally so how did you find out about notion josh I remember like a while ago, you were, you came to us and you said, I want to use this new <laughs> note-taking app. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm a grumpy old man. So <laughs> in, I don't think I really said this out loud, but in my head, I'm like, oh, geez, another note-taking app. Darn kids. Like, why, why are you getting in my face about this? Yeah. Like, like haven't we figured out <laughs> note-taking by now? But it's actually really nice. I'm now a, a complete convert. I've got the app on my phone. I use it all the time. Well, I mean, like I'm, I, I think I'm, you know, I would normally call myself a grumpy old man too. I might just be a little bit behind, behind where you are, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, it did take me a little while to get, you know, get used to, to kind of like see the value in it. Um, but once I did, um, once I did it, it, it was, it's a really, really cool tool. And I, I forget where I saw it. Um, I, I mean, it, it launched it had launched semi recently. Um, and I think a lot of people were talking about it. Like a, a lot of people have been switching to it. Um, and even, I think there's a few competitors out now, but basically like it kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like a new, it's kind of like a new take on like collaborative note taking slash like 
company wiki. It's like, it's a bunch of different things rolled into one and it lets you create like databases. Um, but in like, essentially it's all built out of, um, basically like built out of like just pages of content. And, uh, the thing I like about it is that it makes it really easy just to like anywhere you are in it, you can just start writing. Um, and it's, it's kind of like captured there. So it, it doesn't make writing feel like this daunting task where you have to get all set up and, you know, whatever, get your word, ed, your word processor out and, and do writing. Like if you have an idea, you can just like throw it into notion um, and then organize it either then or later. Yeah. And one cool thing about everything being a document is that, for example, we have our uh, editorial calendar in notion, which is uh, it's an actual calendar with uh, things on it, but it's also, there's a view of it where you can view it as a Kanban board. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do is you've got these items, which are sort of like things to write or things that are written. And you can just pop open the item. And because everything is a document, everything is equally editable and all this stuff, you can just write the actual article in the to-do item. Mm -hmm. So that there's no, uh, oh, I wrote the article. It's over here. Now I've got to go update my you know to-do list. I've got to update the editorial calendar. It's just all there. And... Like that just kind of blew my mind when I first saw it. That that was when I was originally like, well, there's something pretty cool going on here. Yeah, the editorial calendar was the thing that converted me to because I've been I've uh, I've been trying to set up a a good process for that for for a while now, and I've tried a bunch of different tools, and nothing actually allowed me to to actually produce the content in the same tool that I was um, managing the schedule in. And when that's all in one place, it seems to be a very, like, it's a very streamlined process and it actually helps. I don't know about you, but it's actually helped me, um, get more writing, more actual content done because I don't know, for some reason, it just makes it really easy to sit down and, and work on something. Yeah, totally. It, it just, I don't really know how to describe it because we're, we're saying like, well, it's a wiki, it's a, it's document editing and all that sounds kind of weak sauce. But then when you see it all put together, just the way they've done it is so nice. It it makes yeah. every, it makes things feel way easier to do than say uh, back when I used to, to use Evernote. It was kind of a it's kind of a struggle. You felt like you're sort of fighting against things. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I guess maybe that's why people hire like good good user interface designers. Yeah, something like that. I'm I'm curious, uh, Ben. How would you how would you describe Notion? Yeah, to me, it's a collaborative content editing solution. Uh, that's pretty vague in general, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's that's why I found it be useful for us. I think uh, it's like this morning. It was really neat. I was chatting with Ben Finley. We were talking about some marketing related stuff that we wanted to do, and uh, he gave me a couple of things he wanted me to do. So I just opened up Notion. I went to my to do Kanban board. I created a new item. And that was uh, writing some content. And then in that item, I just created to-do list. Like, here are the things that I need to do to be able to finish off this item. And uh, and then, like, one of those to-do items was something I needed from Ben. So I said, I signed that. I sent an ad to Ben. I'm like, here, I need this from you. And so we were able to collaborate on that. So now I can... It's on my to-do list. I'm not going to forget about it. Uh, I have a list of things in that item to track. And, and then as I'm as I'm filling in those items, I'll just write it right there in the page. So it's to me, it's like a very collaborative environment focused on generating content and and getting things done. Uh, I, I I like it. Cool. Yeah, we've run into a couple problems though with it uh, around 
not really problems, but just, I think we were using it for things it wasn't designed uh, to, to do really. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, like, like team communication. Yeah. Like it's, it's not really built for, it's built for editing documents and editing content. I mean, and also sort of keep taking track of things like to-do lists and stuff, but it's not really built for, uh, it's not like a message board, right? One of, one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we've used Basecamp for a long time too. And one of the things that we really liked about Basecamp being a remote team is that, you know, if we have an idea for something we want to build, or if we have something we want to change, we like write a proposal, basically like, here's something, an idea that I had or a thing that I want to do. And let me describe it in a couple of paragraphs and then notify everybody so that everyone can come back and comment on it and give me their feedback. And then I can decide how I want to proceed on this thing. Like we use that. I think that was our primary use case for Basecamp and helps us, you know, keep track of decisions that we make and, and make informed decisions with all the team's input and have a good place to keep it all rather than Slack where stuff just gets lost, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we, we wanted to use Notion in that kind of way too, but it didn't work out so well. Uh, one, one of the things being that it's kind of hard to follow the conversation. And, and two, the notification is just much weaker than, than Basecamp was in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, like the cool thing about about Notion is that you have these documents, you have to-do items and all these things, and you can actually sort of put them wherever you want. Like you can make, like Ben was talking about, you can make a document that contains to-do items assigned to somebody else, but it's not like there's a place called to-dos. And, and so it's this very moldable thing, but as a result of that, it's kind of difficult to... It, it makes it a little bit harder to discover um, new content mm-hmm. because it could be kind of anywhere in there. Right. Yep. I like to keep a track of what's going on across the team by seeing what everyone is doing. Like, you know, what, what is the blog post that Star just wrote? And, and what is the marketing experiment that Josh just did? Right. And, and like when we're using Basecamp, you could blog those things, you could write those things and everyone gets notified. And so as every day I could check my email and say, Oh, here's the things that people are working on the, the to do they knocked off. And, uh, Notion doesn't have that. And so I felt kind of lost because like, oh, what are people doing? So I think um, we're trying GeekBot right now in, in Slack. Yeah. I love GeekBot have, so far. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. Have, that, have that daily check-in. And that's, I feel better. I guess maybe it's the... Uh, so what does GeekBot do? Just ask us every day. It's like a daily stand-up, right? You know, since we're a remote team, we don't actually have daily stand-ups because we're not in the same office. But GeekBot will ask you questions that you can configure. So we have ours set up every day to ask us what did you do since yesterday? And what are you planning on doing today? And is there anything blocking your progress? And then all those answers show up in our uh, channel in Slack so that we can see, oh, you know, Josh migrated to blog yesterday. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I did discover one critical flaw in GeekBot the other day, though. Is that when you, um, when you answer a question with uh, memes, it doesn't actually display those in the Slack channel. It just shows you a link. Which yeah, that's messed up. Pointing like, like I want to be able to answer, are you blocked by anything with a funny meme, right? Yeah. Because right. this is who I am, right. people. We'll we'll get that fixed. We'll get that worked out, Star, at some point, I'm sure. That's um, good. Because I, I know there's other people that you cannot be the only one that is very upset about that issue. It's like in, in modern day collaboration apps, you have to support a few key features. And one of them is emoji. That's like uh-huh. number one. Yeah. Right? Number two is probably like app mentions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a close three, I think, would be meme support for sure. Yeah, definitely. Man, they should even. Uh, I w- I think I would I would pay extra for that if there was a little uh, Gifly search bar like there is in Twitter. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, actually you can, uh, there is a, we, we can add the Jiffy. There's a Jiffy slash command that you can add. So, um, well, I feel like I'm going to be much more productive next week now that I've gotten these <laughs> awesome tips from you guys. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> uh, I mean, not so much. I'm just going to slack off. <laughs> That's fine. You've, you've, uh, yeah. you've built up enough credit, Ben. You've built up some oh, stuff. Okay. I think we've done a pretty good amount of work just right now. Um, we can we can take a break now, right? Just call it's Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what time off. is it? Take like, the day off. It's almost noon. Lunch time. Yeah. Just quit. Yeah. All right. Nice. Peace. <laughs> well, See bye, you. guys. Later. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.